0: it's gone it's a grand slam and that's the ball game this is the prospects baseball show your inside look at the boys and girls of summer here's your hosts dean millard and jordan blundell Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening. Depending on when you're listening to this, uh, we're just thankful, uh, that you have tuned in for another episode of the prospects baseball show. My name is Dean Millard and I have the head coach and the AGM of the Eminent prospects, Jordan Blundell in studio as usual. How was your birthday weekend?
1: Uh, I was a uh, excellent relaxing weekend. Had a uh, birthday dinner at the keg, got a little prime rib. Mm. Um. Yeah, just, uh, getting old, I guess, Dino, not too much happened. It was good. Talked to a few friends and actually did a little bit of work too.
0: So, uh, you yeah, it was a good weekend. You know what my uh, ideal birthday is? Where People just leave me alone and I can just, <laughs> just like be by myself and relax. I just want like 24 yeah. hours of like just a cone around me and be like, ah, another day and go into the next year. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. Sometimes
1: it's good to just be able to, uh, chill out by yourself. Yeah. yeah, Just have some alone
0: time. That's good. Yeah. I, I used to be, uh, the birthday guy where it's like, let's get as many people together and party. Um, but my body just does not let me, uh, let me do that anymore. So, uh, I, I cherish the alone time as I get older. That might make me a cranky old man. I'm not really (laughs) sure, but I think everybody needs to, to chill, but I'm glad you're here today. Uh, we've got a fun show. We're going to be talking a lot about expansion, Akil Samuel who is the GM and president of baseball operations for the soon-to-be-named, unnamed Sylvan Lake expansion team in the Western Canadian Baseball League. Uh, We had a fun conversation with him. Uh, I think our listeners are really going to enjoy it. Uh, We are going to take an early look at free agency, our top five favorite expansion teams since 1960 when they voted uh, to expand. And much more uh, on the program as well. And we would like you to participate. Get in the game with us. Here's how you can get a hold of us on Twitter at Prospects Pod. That's us. That's the show. You can get Jordan at Jordan Blundell. For I'm at Duck Millard. And of course, the Edmonton Prospects, uh, you can follow them at EDM Prospects on Instagram at Prospects Baseball Show. Same thing on Facebook. You can email us ProspectsBaseballShow at gmail.com and you can find out uh, a lot of information about our show at ProspectsBaseballShow.ca and keep up to date with all the things happening with the team and get tickets when they're ready for action next year at ProspectsBaseballClub.com. And with that, let's get on with the rest of the show and go around the horn. God, I'm looking at the curveball. Let's go around the horn and get the big news in baseball. So we had a, uh, special edition show on Friday because of technical difficulties last week. And it was good because you had a big announcement that you guys are a go, um, you know, Pat put it out on uh, Twitter as well. People are really excited about this and. Uh, you have to be more excited than anybody because uh, you know you're in for next year uh, there's going to be negotiating long term but you know you're there next year so that you could start doing your job now yeah yeah no shit
1: no no doubt uh i have been doing my job it's been under the table you know like there there's no way we could wait uh until november to reach out to a player or a coach that's just not reality um some of the guys that are aware of our situation. Um, you know, I the returning potential players and, and just some guys within Canada and are kind of around our scene a little bit. Um, you know, there was some skepticism, you know, they, they would obviously need to know that we're going to be back, uh, before they would commit and, and that's understandable. And, um, you know, and then, and then from my side of things, there was, no way I was going to put our franchise or, or a potential player in a position to say yes. And then us not be able to fulfill that commitment. Uh, you know, that's important that we start that relationship off properly. And um, so I've had a lot of dialogue with players and, and now that will amp up uh, with certain players and, and um, there'll be a, a inclination of your, um, you know, thought process on signing with us. Uh, we would like to get some guys done, here soon and if that's not if they're not ready to make that commitment then you know you kind of start looking elsewhere um, and you always circle back it's it's always fluid with with talking to players and where they're at and you know one of the challenges like the biggest challenges is pitchers and arms um, you know, nobody knows how much, how many innings they'll throw in the spring. They may get a lot of work and then need to shut down. They, they may not get very much work and we'll have the ability to get them the rest of what they need for the calendar year
0: and God forbid
1: injuries and injuries yeah. for sure uh, with position players as well. But, you know, pitching, it mm-hmm. seems like that's, um, something that comes up maybe a little bit more frequently than position players. However, we did have a, a player signed last year that didn't come up because of a hamate bone, um. Mm break or fracture or, or uh something was wrong inside there and he wasn't able to play in the summer so yeah we get to we we get to explore some things um I've sent player contracts out already uh this weekend like I said I in my birthday weekend did a little bit of work nice um on the side there and and uh yeah Dino it, it's time to ramp up a little bit is it
0: I don't know how many players you contact um versus- players you you get uh is it a little bit like sales where you know you're you might hear a lot of no's um just because you're contacting so many but if you hit 300 you're doing pretty well like if you get three yeses for every uh seven no's uh, is is that a good average to use a, a baseball term or I don't know I don't know how the process works do you throw a wide net or do you throw a particular net looking for certain players how how, what's the strategy for you
1: yeah it's uh yeah that's a good question The, the you describe the strategy and um it's a little bit more focused rather than a wide net okay but i could use the term wide net because i'm really looking all over the place for these players um, because that net is wide, it's not that we're just looking for anybody and anybody.
0: That's right. It's got to um, fit your, what you need sure. and, and you know, you, maybe you're going to have some guys, uh, coming back. We'll get to that in a second, but yeah. it's got to fit your, your, uh, your whiteboard, your, your grand plan, right? Yeah. And exactly. And I think you start like
1: the way I approach this is I start with a, a, a wide net grand plan and, and I'm really open-minded and willing to. Uh, meet new coaches through messaging or text or phone calls, and try to establish relationships. Or, at worst, get the get get our name out there. Then mm-hmm. maybe in subsequent years it becomes an option because they've heard good things. Um, you know, when we talked to Cody Andrew Chuck, uh a few episodes ago, you know, he talked about a trust level with with certain organizations, uh, and really that's where I'm centered around is trying to create a trust level. And and when it's a cold call or a cold reach out to a player uh, that has no idea who I am or our team, um, that's the first foray, you know. And through those dealings, which may end up with the player coming or may not, you know how we deal and interact with that player provides some sort of uh, positive feedback. Mm-hmm. And, and and for me, that's important that it is a positive experience, even if it's a no or I don't know now, coach. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, and, and I totally get it. It, you know, it's been a while since I was a player, but, um, it, it's funny cause it's early for players to figure out what they want to do because they're young and, and like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. They in the think summer. they have, they've got all yeah. these, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So some of, some of the time it's tough for them to really commit. Um, and, and I understand that. Um, however, for us, we, we, we can't leave it to chance that that commitment will come in April because. Multiple teams and multiple leagues. Everybody's kind of zeroing in on guys, right? So,
0: oh, you mean you're not the only yeah, uh, league that's looking for we're players? Not <laughs> the only, well, we're not, know, not the only right? Lots of pawns out there, exactly.
1: Right? And, and you know, we deal with that with some of the players that I've reached out to. That that you know, other teams in our league have
0: reached out to them as well. Sure. And yeah, uh, because there's no like there's. There's no real protected list that you have. It's not like you guys get together as a league and say, I'll take these schools. You have those schools. It's open season. Like yep. you could call a guy and then, yep. um, you know, uh, somebody from, uh, Okotoks could call him the next day and Lethbridge and so on and so on. Right. There's you're, you're basically do, you're making your pitch to them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it is a pitch yeah. and in it, and it it that yeah. sense,
1: it's the, it's the sales, sales pitch. pitch so, yeah. You know, at, at, at the end of the day, I you know, we're, we're going to reach out to a lot of kids. It's going to, it's going to get into the hundreds, uh, multiple, um, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it's a bit of a reach for us, you know, maybe it's uh kind of an unattainable kid or someone that's got a, a, just a massive pedigree that's worth just sending some information to. And in the hopes that, you know, perhaps it becomes a, you know, an April or may option, things have fallen through and they, and then they reach out and circle back and say, Hey coach, uh, you know, uh. You, Thanks for reaching out to me in October. And, um, some things have changed and, and y'all, I'm interested in coming or. It's small, small world. Do you know one Mm -hmm. of his buddies on a different program, different part of the country has all of a sudden, you know, decided to commit to us and, well, Hey, I got a buddy. It's like, oh, I talked to him actually, you know? And, and so that part's kind of fun and interesting to see how many of these kids know each other and and what school they were at and what school Mm -hmm. they're going to. And, um, so. Yeah, we're going to cast a wide net. It's a focused wide net. Um, you know, there's some some things that we look for specifically, and there's some target kids and some target programs, and and you know, and then there's there's then there's also some history programs. So for me, the history programs are are coaches and and organizations that
0: I have that, a relationship. That you have a connection with yeah. now. As far as um, talking to players, how do possible returning players, uh, factor into that? Are you, are you reaching out to, is now the time that you reach out to those guys? Is it down the road? Cause they already know about your system. Uh, you know, as you're building your plan, you know, can you rely on a returning player? Is that something that maybe you've set up from, from last year? How, how do returning players work into this? And you know, what's the, you know, what do you think a percentage of returning players do you get? Is it, you know. Three, four, five percent—is it higher? Fifty percent? I don't know. What what is it in, in in your situation, your league? I think there's a
1: lot of returning players in our league. Um, you know, I'll touch on that part of this first. Uh, what I like to do is is um, give the guys time that were here uh, last summer. You know, so I, I'm not contacting them September first. Okay. Um, for for the purpose of resigning. You yeah, know, I've stayed in touch with quite a few players, uh, from last year. And, and that was more just like, how's fall
0: ball going? What's sure. ha- what's happening? How school, uh, yeah, you build relationships you, with, you love these, you yeah, like exactly. these kids. You, 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 you know, really, you know, you, you get to love their personalities and how they play and them as people. And you just want to know how they're doing. Exactly. You, know, you, the, you feel you, like they're, you care uh, about them. yeah, you
1: care about them. Exactly. Yeah, and, and for me, that's something that, that, um. It's just p- part of what this is. And, and I care about like how, how is school going or right. if you, you've transferred from a Juco to a four, like, how's that process going? Or you're looking at going to a mm-hmm. four year and, um, yeah, I'm interested. I care. And, and so that's how the returning conversations start now. Inevitably I'll throw in there at some point, you know, what are your thoughts on coming back? Sure. Um, so uh, I would describe it as this. I think there was really positive feedback from our group last year. Uh, I think there's a lot of interest in players returning. Um, not everyone that can return will return and, and that's, uh, in some situations, the player's decision. Mm-hmm. And in some situation it, it's maybe us looking to do something a little different strategically, uh, with player personnel and trying to fill a different need that we want to maybe attack other teams with that, that maybe that player didn't fill potentially those kind of things. Um, you know, for me, uh, with the club we had last year, I'd have everyone back. Um, I really enjoyed all, all the the young men that we had. So, uh, there was no issues there. And, and like I said, we, we get into strategy and, and mm-hmm. kind of for, foreshadowing or, or forecasting how we want to play the game in the summer and, and who's available, um, now we have some specific players that we talked to early that we do. We're just waiting for word on 2020 being a green light that, you know, I could have signed in September, uh, that we didn't do, uh, just yet. So we'll get those returners probably announced first. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense, uh, in my mind, uh, and, and we expect them to be leaders and I think they are leaders. So, you know, we want to give them kind of the the shout out to, to being the guys that we signed first for 2020 and build our roster with, um, at the beginning. And when we get into new players, um, you know, that, the, the non-pressure sale comes right off the hop cause they're a new player. We'll cut to the chase. Here's our program. Uh, this is why we're interested in you. Um, here's information. Here's, you know, links to things that we think are important for you when you're making right. a decision that we think are, uh, Assets to our organization that we want to show off as we. Yeah. What's, what's going to benefit call. you coming here, right? Exactly. You know, there's pictures of the ballpark. There's the link to the, the webcast that were mm-hmm. tremendous. And, and we want kids to know that right off the hop, uh, and then, and then if there's a conversation that starts from there, then they, then they can get to know me a little bit more and I can get to know them and, and we can kind of develop, a uh, weird relationships, not the right terminology mm-hmm. for it, but it's a, it's kind of weird because We don't know each other and and we're talking baseball. So it's, it's like a baseball person relationship that gets Mm. created and whether that works for this summer or not, who knows? Um, it's a, it's a bit of a long game here. And some of the kids that are, you know, sophomores or juniors, this isn't the only summer that they can potentially come here. And that's where having a good relationship, uh, through the whole process makes sense. Um, and I, I mean. Shoot, Dino. You know, like, I completely respect the fact that one, they're not sure what they want to do. Two, they have other off- offers and opportunities. And then they have to weigh, you know, Canada versus being close to home versus where their college coach wants to send them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some colleges, they place guys. So it's like, you are going to this team. And that's the way it is. And your scholarship's on the line for that. Or your position within the program may be on the line with that. And, and a lot of times, like, that's fine. The kid. It has joined a program and it wants to be a good standing citizen and, and respect the program's wishes and the coaches wishes and, and thus they go where they're told. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to getting some players out there and signed, um, in the, in the, in the press and in the public and let our fans know that, you know, we, we've been working here and, and we're ready to go a little bit. And, and you know what, uh, you know, there's a little bit of, I, I guess, part of the, the fun and, and pressure of of finding the right guys is knowing who to sign and knowing who to say, sorry, you know, we don't have a spot for you. Um, you know, conceivably, we could sign a whole roster today. We could go get players. Um, now, whether all those players are the right fit for how we want to play, there's, there's just no way that they all are. And and frankly, like, there's a little bit of chance and, and luck on my part, you know, when we decide who we're going to bring up and who we're not going to bring up, you know, it's, you know, we're definitely not going to make all the right decisions. Uh, but we try and make ourselves as informed as possible with these players, uh, get to know them a little bit before we extend the contract invitation and, um, make sure that they understand what our goals are as a program. You know, we're, we're serious summer ball. Um, you know, we love our fans. We want to perform for our fans. So there's a, there's a, a level of, You know, humanness we expect from our guys, you know, we deal with kids a ton and Mm -hmm. that's important that that you have the ability and and the desire to be a good, good person with the kids and and connect and play catch with them and all those kind of things. So, um, you know what, you know, it's not an issue with any of the guys we've talked to, uh, over the last two years that I've been doing this. And so far this year, you know, all the kids that that I've, uh, that I've ever connected with past the first email or phone call um they're all about helping kids enjoy the game so it's exciting time and and it's kind of where the you know you build your season and the games are won and lost in november
0: this way right so yeah, i guess so uh okay well you're not the only one uh, that uh, is looking for players uh, major league baseball's free agency um is I guess started, I, you know, we, we well, guys, know guys were announced like the day after the
1: world series, yeah, with the, the, we, free agent.
0: Opt-in-out. We know, who's opting out, uh, Steven straw, you know, what was interesting. The, the, the nationals on the same day, the nationals had their parade, like during the parade, I think Strasburg was opting out. Like they had, the deadline was that a uh, JD Martinez, uh, with the red Sox opting out. Um, so the top free agents, um, I think everybody's going to agree. Garrett Cole is the number one, uh, free agent. Would you put Anthony Rendon or Steven Strasburg as number two? This is always that catch 22.
1: Um, the position player every day, middle of the order bat is so, so valuable. Um, and, and how do you argue that the guy every fifth day that deals and dominates is, and is valuable. It's a, it's a real the guy catch. who just won the world series yeah. MVP. Yeah, exactly. How is he not more valuable, but, um, you know, it's always it's always based around your needs. You know, and and who doesn't need an ace and who doesn't need a middle order the bat middle of the order bat. Uh, coin flip on this one for me, I go with the bat if all things are equal, unless you know unless I've got you know three guys in the middle of the lineup already and then mm. I don't need him. Sure, uh, for me the everyday player um, carries a little bit more weight um you know and and I'm saying that suggesting that with all due respect to pitchers who you don't win without them it's such a it's such a chicken or the egg thing here uh with with mm-hmm. this debate and so I probably go Rendon um if I need an arm so I'll I'll put it back to you Dino there's some teams in southern california your club especially with the dodge uh-huh. they could obviously use uh, an ace who can't and they have a good pitching staff already. <laughs> but got, they,
0: they got a, an ace and a future ace already. They could use another one and a guy who was up is going to get Cy Young votes yeah, too. Who might walk? So who might leave? So this is this is what I would like to see. I would like to see the Angels back up the truck for Garrett Cole, and then the Dodgers don't overpay for Garrett Cole. they get Strasburg as uh, secondary? Not that they're he's going to come cheap, but he's not going to get Stra- uh, Garrett Cole money. Probably be a little bit less, yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't know what the like. Garrett Cole might get what, what like what did they say two hundred and thirty-eight million. He might, he might flirt with three hundred mil. Three hundred mil. Yeah. Like, how long would you sign him for?
1: You know, if I had my way, like four or five years. But that's not going to be the case. It's going to be seven or eight years. Yeah. You know, if, if we had our way, I like no, I don't want an arm for seven years, no matter how good he is. 'Cause now you're locked in, something happens, you know, where you at, right? So um ideally I'd love a four year deal yeah. with Garrett Cole. Not gonna happen. It's not gonna do that, no. So it's uh, it's a seven seven or eight year deal. Uh may push it's gonna push past two fifty for sure. Um man, there's a dark horse team here too, with the San Diego Padres. And Strasburg's from that area. Yeah. Pitched at San Diego State. Um there's a couple arms there's southern. They need a manager first too. They got Chase Tingler. Oh, they got, yeah, They really tingle, got the yeah. Tingler. Yeah. Oh, oh that, that's exciting. You got Joe Madden, you got Dave Roberts, and you got Chase Tingler. You got a young squad in San Diego with Fernando Tatis Jr., mm-hmm. who's one of the top five yeah. young players in the game. Absolutely unreal. They've got another middle-order bat. They've got some veterans. They've got some good young arms already. I mean, like, they're mm-hmm. an arm away from really doing damage. There's, a, there's some swing-type. Swing free agents here they could well
0: listen the Dodgers are going to take a run at Strasburg and Rendon what do
1: you do you put JT over at one you put sure
0: wow well, yeah I, I I I don't know You like you got Muncie who can play anywhere really uh Kiki who can play anywhere like you got a lot of uh versatility with the Dodgers you that, do. uh yeah you do that um I'd be getting an arm with a but that's I'm like them, the, I, the, 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 I armed, think they're armed, gonna armed be arms. in both of those
1: guys yeah I mean he, why, he, you're the Yankees of the West that's it you, you, you have a you
0: have a vault <laughs> yeah you know, like just, really but I I'd be I you know, listen, I think Garrett Cole is awesome but I don't want them to overpay because what's an overpay is that term or is that term in, yeah in term yeah, yeah all right. money they whatever they don't care about money like they, they're they they print money right so they're the dodger. dodger bucks yeah they're dodger bucks too bad you can't pay the pitchers in dodger <laughs> bucks but i don't want like like and listen um they might have to like what's Strasburg isn't going to want like uh do you think Strasburg's taking a four-year deal no he's getting a seven so it's either way you're so you're gonna maybe maybe it's a six yeah could you get Strasburg on a like i would i would up the money if I could get Strasburg on a five-year deal, yeah,
1: this has always been a, a potential debate option. Is if you just pay off that extra year to to eliminate right. the term, you know, raise the AAV up to thirty-nine right. or forty million yeah. a year for I'd five. Go, I'd go
0: $45, yeah. 40 for five. I
1: I'd do that in a heartbeat. What You know what? <laughs> I I nobody's done it yet. That, you know, it, it's great that you're talking about this. I wanted the Jays, so this would have been you. Big Poppy uh, was a free agent with the Red Sox. And I think he signed a two-year, like $36 million deal at the time. This is whatever. This is like six, seven years ago. Um, And I'm sitting sitting here in the offseason thinking, I'm like, why don't the Jays – it's a two-year, two- or three-year deal. Why don't they go like 150? Mm -hmm. Like he was a perfect fit for what the Jays needed at the time. Lefty middle bat, like what – what would be the harm in doing something crazy on a short term with a hall of fame proven middle order bat like at that point does the money matter if he takes you to a world series no it doesn't and they have room within their dynamic pay structure that they could have afforded and you know so whatever it's a pipe dream to be thinking it but you know at that in that sense why not go you know. 37 million a year for big poppy and double what the red sox are willing mm-hmm. to pay because you can you hurt a team that you're trying to beat to get into the playoffs and you, you massively overpay this player for a two or three year deal and then he's off the books now yeah. you can go repurpose if you win, that it doesn't money matter.
0: exactly so yeah <laughs> okay so what team is going to do that with like w- what's going to happen with mad bum like is, is there a team that is going to say, you know what, this guy puts us over the edge or, you know, over the line and and into that stratosphere of, of being able to win a world series. He's 30. Um, you know, the, the this guy has pitched a lot yeah. of innings since he was 19. Uh, I'm sure, you know, I, I read something this year that the, the, the V velocity is down a little bit, um, but it's still a gamer. You know uh, where where does Madison Bumgarner fit on the free agency pecking order? I'm I'm looking at an article that has him as the uh, the number five free agent in in baseball this year. And um, you know does you know what team does he walk in on? And uh, he's the number one guy. It's like the does he does he
1: need to stay in California? You know because there's options there for mm-hmm. sure. You know get resigned, so you go down the
0: highway uh, to yeah, a couple of teams. Yeah, right?
1: all three of those so- SoCal teams would be a perfect fit for. Her. And you know it maybe stays in San Fran and gets re-upped, um. Yeah, I see, I, I see the value of Mad Bum being if he can if he can go to a, an organization where he slots in as the number three or number four, where they have two other guys that can carry the load and, and just allow Mad Bum to, to be himself. And and if he turns into being their ace, all the better. If he turns into they make the playoffs, they're in a seven-game series, and he's your game three or game four guy, it's a pretty good setup. Um, I, I think... I think he could use that protection and not have to carry the load on the pitching staff and face everybody else's number ones. I think that keeps his numbers uh in line with where he where he's at here, kind of on the backside of his career. So mm-hmm. I like Mad Bum fitting in somewhere where he's um at best a three and maybe even a four in, in terms of when they pitch. Obviously he's he's kind of a one two type guy. Uh but if he's able to slot in a little bit deeper, kind of the where where Granky was with the Astros. Now, if Granky's if a you four with the
0: Dodgers, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. If, if Granky's a four and the Astros had somebody above him, you're laughing. You know, and that's where I see Mad Bum. If he can slot in somewhere as, you know, a, 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 poor, a rich man's four or like a poor man's three, like you've got a really good pitching staff. Right. Dodgers are a fit. Angels are a fit. Padres are a fit. Giants are a fit. Phillies are a fit. Yankees are a fit. Like, Sky's the limit there, so he's going to get to kind of cut his own check. It's term with him—that's
0: what about term? Like, what, uh, what? How how much are you going with think, a guy who's seen his decline yeah. for a couple of years?
1: Yeah, it's tough to go five. And years. And he's thirty. It's tough to go five years, but that's probably what you're looking at. And this
0: guy's been pitching since nineteen. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, he's like lost he got some eleven innings.
0: years, basically, lost, of lost some innings and and some really big. You know, he's been he's he's been in some big moments. Um, uh, but this is a guy who has a lot of miles and that's what you're concerned about,
1: right? Huge, huge concern, you know, yeah. and that the Braves would be a good fit kind of with what they're doing. They could add a veteran to the young stable of arms that they're bringing up. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's going to be really interesting. The, the MLB hot stove season, it's its own, it's yeah. its own entity and if I love it, it.
0: If it does, not if it's not as boring as paint drying, like it was last <laughs> year, like it yeah. was awful last year and we could, t- there's only so many times we could talk about the names that aren't getting signed. Yeah. So hopefully. It's a lot better. Managers are getting hired. Uh, We talked about uh, Carlos Beltran. He's now the new skipper with the Mets. Still, two teams looking for guys: the Pirates and uh, the Giants. Um, And with the Giants, Bruce Bochy has said it was weird. He had this big farewell tour. He's getting all these gifts because he said retirement in spring training, and then you know says at the end of the year that yeah, I'm gonna. And and he said it earlier too that uh, you know I might want to look, but. And he's going to take a year off, so he's going to survey. So, so he's out of the mix. But uh, you know, Gabe Kapler is uh, is in the mix. You said for one yeah. of these jobs. Yeah, he's been he's been rumored to have a relationship with Farhan Zaidi
1: of the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they, they've got along really well when Cap both of them were with the Dodgers organization. Uh, so that's a potential fit there. Um, yeah, there's a there's a I mean there's a bunch of names still out there that are potential guys. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I mean. There's been some hires that, that, you know, Chase Tingler Mm -hmm. came as a a surprise for David Ross and Beltran, for me, are a surprise. Yeah. I mean, they're more recognizable names, but surprise that they they haven't
0: managed yet. You know, I I don't care how great of a player you are, and some guys will make good managers, and, you know, there's some career managers that aren't good as well, but I I just don't like the... uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not crazy about going with a guy. His first major league job is, uh, his first managerial job is in the majors. It's not a development league. Yeah. It's just uh it's just <laughs> a strange, uh, situation for me. Um, the Jays picked up, uh, Chase Anderson from the Brewers today. Uh, I think he's a right-handed pitcher. Um, is this just, uh, you know, grabbing as much depth as you can do. You, do you, I don't know how much you know about Chase Anderson. Is he going to be an impact player with the blue Jays?
1: Yeah, I think you, you described that right. It's a depth move. Uh, it's a depth move at the big league level. This is a this is a proven major okay, league that's, baseball. That's important. Yeah, man. no, he can he can slot right into that rotation. Um, it allows some of the younger guys to now have to compete to get their jobs, uh, which I think is really important with, with where the Jays are at. So it's co- good competition then. Great competition, and, and you know he he as of today goes in. He he's in that rotation. You know, he's in, he's one of the top five arms that they're going, they run into the season with. He's had really good numbers. Uh, um, You know, he's got an under four ERA over, what is it here? You know, almost 900 innings. That's, that's pretty quality. Uh, he's a quality start guy. You know, he's going to give you, he's going to give your team a chance to win games. Um, You know, his strikeout numbers are all right. Uh, he's not a big strikeout guy. He's not a big workload guy. Um, yet, uh, he's been six years in the big league. So, um, you know, he's, his trend is he gives up less, less hits than innings pitch, which is, which is good. Uh, he's, he's almost a three to one K to walk for the fantasy guys. You know, once you start getting above three to one, you know, you're pretty special. He's not at three to one. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he's probably described as a, you know, war player. He's, he's about major league average, slightly above. Uh, with So he be a back end starter then. Yeah, yeah, yeah back end starter. You know, he's 31, he needs to be 32 next year. Um experience. And I
0: guess you just never know when a guy it clicks or whatever, but the the writing on the wall probably predicts him to be a 4-5 guy for them.
1: Yeah, for sure. And yeah. and, and some quality there, which yeah. I, I you know what? And and, and
0: with, I'm with, not I'm that's not a slight. No, not at all. You know, like if no, you're a like number 4 <laughs> pitcher in Major League baseball <laughs> you know, rotation. All, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, pretty we're, awesome. You know, you're just not that fireball number yeah, 1 guy, exactly. but it's still very quality. important. You still got to win those day. You got to still win those games where your number four or five goes to get to the playoffs. It's as much as you got to win the number one games, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. You play you, ace versus ace. It's a toss up. It's That's like right. who, who's winning game three and four of the series yeah. is, is g- going to determine their, their route to the playoffs. Yeah. And over the course of the last two years, uh, a lot of the Jays moves have been designed as such, uh to bring in arms and see where they can make them fit. And, and it's a good strategy. I, I like how they've approached this. Um, they, they don't necessarily have that big time guy. I don't think they're that far away. I, I don't
0: like it. it. It's to me, it's, it's almost hoping too much and guessing too much and throwing a dart too much yeah, and see no, it, where see it lands. that that's what it sounds like to me, instead yeah. of saying, we know this guy is a proven stud. Let's trade or sign for him. It's like they're like, well, oh, this guy might be okay. Let's try it because he's cheap. These are these
1: are educated guesses. Um, like the move they did with with Gen Shoemaker in there. He, he, okay. had, he had a great start. Yeah. It was an educated guess that he yeah. could provide depth for the younger arms. Uh you're right, Dino, but they're they're waiting for some big time arms to sure, come you're through right, the
0: pipe. Yeah. So they need somebody to take the, the bridge. Seat warm. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: And he's a he's a little bit older. He's been through the been through the gauntlets of major league seasons and and you know that's valuable uh okay. a lot of the word out of the 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 blue jays uh writers and, and people that follow the jays and, and report on them were the the influence that clay Buckholes had and shoemaker on some of the younger arms in the organization was a really positive thing for them and and um i think that's very important uh for the long-term viability of the younger arms at the big league level is that they have some guys around yeah you have to have those this for sure pitcher yeah. in particular solves that problem he's almost got 900 innings now where the Jays need to add that experience is offensively mm-hmm. you know so we could get into okay talking I got about- a name
0: I got a name for you uh, and I'll try to pronounce it uh, properly uh Yoshitomo tosugo uh the Jays apparently like a lot of teams this guy's been posted um he's a lefty power hitter from Japan. Do you understand how that system works? Cause there's a lot of people out there that don't, um, this is how I understand it. Um, Japanese team posts this player, major league team pays the ransom and the prisoner is released. It's almost like a kidnapping. You're here, here's the ransom we want. Um, you know, but this guy has been great. Is, is that how it works? Here's what we want, who's going to pay it. And then we'll release him from his contract. Basically you're, you're buying him out of his contract and then you sign him. Yeah. So. If this guy gets 30 million a year on top of that is how much you pay him to get out of his contract in Japan. Yes. I'm not sure he's going to be, uh, you know, wanting to go to Toronto right now where they are, uh, so they can have as much interest in him as they want, there has to be interest from the player in Toronto. Is this a guy that, you know, this is a guy that solves a lot of problems for them. Is it realistic though?
1: I don't think it's realistic I, I i feel like the jays need a proven major league baseball middle of the order bat uh, which yoshitomo was not proven at, at on this side that's true yeah um I, the I,
0: numbers he put up in japan like he was the uh, fastest for his franchise to get to 100 150 and 200 home runs impressive it is impressive yeah.
1: and some of um, the video shows some some big time pop yeah. on the pole side like he catches
0: a ball it's no doubt but is that too much of a risk for the Jays right now if if the Jays in four years are facing this situation and they have you know Vlad and coming really coming in and everybody get, then it's more of a realistic option to go after somebody like that yeah,
1: I, th- I think you're right on that timeline in, in my opinion um you know down the line they could could revisit you know looking to go overseas and bringing in a bat mm-hmm. um I just really feel like they need it they need a guy that's done it before at this level on the you know, on this side of the the planet and, um, has big league numbers to back up being inserted and some leadership qualities. They're actually looking for a really important player offensively that can help satisfy some, you know, it's the young kids team, but can help come in there and be uh, more than just a complimentary player whilst allowing the kids to develop their culture in that clubhouse. You know, the, Maybe they don't need it. Maybe, uh, you know, I'll be proven wrong is that they didn't, didn't. Well, need a no, veteran I think they will.
0: I think they, every, every young team needs that veteran leadership to help steer them towards what they were doing. You know, you, uh, you, you ask Wayne Gretzky how important Lee Fogland was, uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, right? Like every team needs a guy that can show kids the way, yeah. the proper way. And also, you know, when it's time turn the keys over to those guys and not have ego get in the way. Right. Yeah. Because listen, that's, it's, it's hard for somebody to say, this isn't my team anymore, it's their team. Yeah. Well, and, and can you, can you satisfy
1: that leadership requirement from a player that maybe isn't an everyday guy and, and maybe he's a, you know, the fourth outfielder or the backup catcher, is there that leadership quality that they can bring in to help support the youth movement in that club host? It's, it's kind of a tricky decision to be made. Like who's the right fit. You know, and, and frankly, like Smokey is the right fit. Now, whether they want to revisit that or not, right. you know, it seems like they probably don't. But, um, you know, if they could get Justin Smoke from 2016, mm. offensive production, it's a no brainer.
0: Like that's the, that's the right guy. All right. Last one on this. Speaking of, uh, Japan, Shohei Otani. Uh-oh. Um, the, we, we don't have a ton of time, uh, cause, uh, we've got to get, uh, some other things done here, but this, uh, I I'm, I'm confused at what is the best way to use this guy? Is the best way to use this guy is just a uh, batter Um, because they really have to rework things with him, around him. Like he is a special case. Um, Is it worth all the stuff that goes with it? Should he just be a pitcher? Should he just be a hitter? Is doing both working? You know, in the the long run, you know, he's been injured and they haven't gone anywhere. Um, should, Should you just focus on one thing with this guy? What do you think?
1: Yeah, geez, what a what it's a such a rare yeah, thing it is rare because his his offensive numbers are, are all star worthy. You know, he had let's see where he, he had an OPS of eight forty eight this past year, coming off an injury. Uh, his rookie season, he was at a nine twenty five OPS. I mean, that's all star level. Um, he has a ability to hit the ball the ballpark, drive in runs. He's a mid, he's a legit middle order of the bat middle of the order bat, and he can run a little bit. He had double digit steals both years in about the same amount of at bats uh, from his 2018 rookie season and his 2019 abbreviated comeback mm-hmm. midway through the season season. Do um, you know? And then you're looking at like 95 plus on the bump. <laughs> like he he's the only guy that's doing this his
0: pitching numbers. Yeah, but there's a reason for that. Cause it's really hard uh, and it, it wears totally, you down. Totally. Like you don't think this is wearing this guy down. He spends
1: his whole life doing this. I, I don't think that the Tommy John was centered around the fact that he's a, a I'll two give a you guy. that. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's every, um, every third pitcher seems to go through that. So. <laughs> but,
1: but you're right. Like the, the double duty, although cage work and the pitching work and. I mean he signed in Anaheim because he's got a he's got a plan yeah. of how to make this happen. You mentioned closer. Yeah, is there a way, you know, he doesn't want this, so this is just us yeah, our conjecture here, but is there a way to, you know, be an every <laughs> everyday guy on both sides of the ball. And and that's kind of like, you're a power reliever or go to reliever now poses some, obviously some issues at the lineup and yeah, like you're, national you're, league, <laughs> all of a sudden you're going American league to national league style, but
0: yeah, in the, uh, where he, like, it's, it's, it's weird. Like you, you, your, uh, eighth inning guy gets in trouble and he just comes over from his position to <laughs> warm up and take over the closer role. Like he doesn't have to worry about hitting, um, if, if he's pitching right or, like, it, it's just, I don't know. It's a, it just, they've got a
1: process set up. You know, he throws once a week. It's a set day. It's, uh, you know, well-planned in advance. Like, yeah, the, like the you, rest you and,
0: need that guy from MIT to figure out the
1: <laughs> rotation. Yeah, no, and this, this was the, the issue when teams were looking to sign. him. was like, how do we, how do we do this? Yeah.
0: And how are we going to do this? And like, how like, do you not upset the rest of your pitchers? It's, it just seems weird. Like, okay, Kershaw, you're not pitching on this, your normal day here because sh has got to go like it just seems like it's i don't know obviously they have a system and you know joe madden's gonna figure out what he's gonna do but i just it just seems like it's a lot of work and is it worth the amount of work that you put into it is he worth it or would you just would he be better off at just focusing on one
1: i don't know well we'll find out this year because uh, you know all being said everything equal i guess we're going to get the healthy Matured, kind of knows North America, knows the system, knows everything about the big league level. Now that you know, here are the keys, take her, take her for a spin, and, and we're going to see him on the bump again. You know, and and you know, ultimately, if it doesn't work out on the mound that his arm can't handle, it, he's a he's a middle of the middle mm-hmm. of the order all star caliber That's hitter. A, it, so,
2: it's,
0: and, and you know, if, if it doesn't work, he just becomes a hitter, yep. right? So, and I don't if at the odd time you need a position player to pitch, he's. He's there. He's there. So, okay, let's get to a little history class. Let's get back to the action. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. All right, not a lot of history on uh, November 4th, uh, but there's a few things. 1935, uh, former NFL star Cal Hubbard becomes an umpire. Uh, He played for the Packers and the Giants and uh, the Pirates in the NFL. And, uh, then became an umpire, the only guy to be enshrined in the football, baseball and college hall of fames. Wow. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, 1959, Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks wins his second straight MVP, hit three Oh four with 45 bombs on 143 RBIs, hmm. uh, beat out a guy named, um, Hank Aaron. I don't know if you've ever, and, uh, Eddie Matthews of yeah. the Braves. So pretty impressive for, uh, Hey. Let's play two. Let's win two, right? Let's win two world uh, MVPs. Uh, And then a couple of world series. 01, Kurt Schilling beats Roger Clemens with Randy Johnson assisting as the D-backs beat the Yankees game seven of the world series. I think it was the first time since 85 that two 20 game winners met in a game seven. Uh, 85 was Saberhagen and um, I'm trying to remember. The other guy, but I don't uh, but anyways <laughs> uh Clemens Johnson yeah. or Clemens Schilling uh in they that's when total. Schilling and uh Johnson shared the the, the two headed monster, MVP. Yeah they were MVPs. And then eight years later, uh the Yankees back in the World Series beat the Phillies, who were the defending champs in game six of uh the World Series. So as mentioned, not a lot of history in, in November, but a couple of World Series yeah. dipping into big time uh, history. Yeah, going into uh the first week of November. All righty. Let's get into it with our first guest, uh, Akil Samuel, the GM and president of baseball operations for the new Silver Lake expansion team in the Western Canadian Baseball League. Play ball. Very pleased to welcome into the Prospects baseball show. Uh, the newest member, soon to be member of the Western Canadian Baseball League. Uh, we don't know what they're going to be called, but we will ask for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, we have the GM and the President of Baseball Operations, Akeel Samuel, joining us. Uh, the The new um, expansion team going into Sylvan Lake. Uh,
2: does it still sound awesome when you hear that, Akeel? Oh, absolutely, man. It's uh, You know, I'm looking out the window right now with all the snow and stuff and, uh, you know, getting to talk baseball with you guys in November. and Central Alberta, it's
1: uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, it is exciting for the league, and uh, I'm excited for you and Graham and and uh, the community and and just uh, just the overall buzz that this has created for our league and and for baseball in Alberta and, and baseball in Central Alberta. Uh, Keel, I just we, we got to get to the bottom of some of this stuff. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, when did this idea or thought start to gain momentum to the point where you know you and Graham said this might be a reality like when when did this first uh, first pop into your your idea train of thought
2: well you know what I, I can't take credit for the initial idea and train of thought that was all He's uh um you know had this uh dream of uh, you know owning a team where he's a baseball guy you know with both baseball guys and you know he's been he's been at this for a couple of years um so. You know, as you know, he had his involvement in the Brooks franchise um, in the league, but uh, you know he's been working on this for a couple of years, um, and he happened to call me last February, and um, you know we connected and came out for a visit. And uh, Graham and I actually grew up together, right? In, uh, in concert, he's from Besra, and I'm from concert, so you know, we've all stayed connected over the years, and you know, it uh, had us had us over to the place and. You know, this idea out and he says, listen, we've got this chance to do this in Silver Lake. I want you to come home and, and you know, GM this thing for me. And, you know, I, I slow played him a little bit, but, you know, he had me at a load. So <laughs> it's, it, it, uh, yeah, it totally made sense. And, you know, he showed me some of the plans that he had in place and uh, some of the people that were involved. And, um, you know, I did uh, some due diligence after that. It just completely makes sense. So, you know, it's just great to be back home and, and be a part of something like this.
0: So was that like a couple of years ago? Was that a year? Like, was that recent or has this been in the works for, you know, a long time for you guys?
2: For, for Graham, it's been, yeah, it's been over two years on um, um, just to getting us to this point. And then I came on board in February of uh, of 2019 here, right? So, um, but yeah, he's been, he's been working on this behind the scenes and, you know, negotiating with municipalities and all the rest of that for, for some time now.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So, um, Akil, tell us a little bit about your um, your your baseball background, passion. Uh, I know you mentioned you guys uh, grew up together. Um, you know, has baseball been something that's uh, been in your life uh, a long time? Is it uh, something that you've you've always wanted to do?
2: Absolutely, man. So we, yeah, so Graham and I grew up playing together um, in concert and veteran and up and down Highway Twelve, and um, actually played for Ray Brown uh, up in the Morristown Pioneers. And, I guess it's early 90s. Um, and then, you know, Graham went down to to port, or to Oregon to play um, junior college baseball. And I I was playing on the first ever uh, PBA Baseball Academy team. So I was on the first and second year team there. Funny enough, my son's a freshman there this year, right? So this time, this whole loop up has been kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've coached. I think I finished my 24th year of coaching. Um, I had two Canada Cup teams here in Alberta. I had a Western Canada Summer Games team, you know, played on the Canada Cup. So, yeah, baseball was a big part of uh, who I am and who we are. So, you know, we've been out in Penticton for 10 years uh, coaching my son's team. and He's graduated on now. So, it's uh, this is kind of it's, – it's cool because this – when this uh, came up, this kind of felt like the next progression, right? So, done the coaching and done the playing. Now, to, to see it from this side of things is pretty exciting, right? So.
1: So what's up first for you guys? Uh, uh, as far as the timeline's concerned, Akil, how, how do you go about approaching, uh, you know, building this this ball club? Um, you know, you need a stadium. Um, I guess that, would that is that the first things first, and, and get the plans going on that.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, we've uh, we actually started moving dirt out at the uh, the site uh, last week or the the week before we had our AGM in Waver um but yeah there's uh there's a lot of spinning plates right now right so you know one of them's the stadium one of them's um you know it was uh, the strategy i've been out here since september we moved out september 1st and and just to get uh you know ingrained in the community and and you know meeting the you know kind of people that are gonna help make us successful here for years right so that's you know that's a plate that's spinning right now and we're you know, setting up uh, you know, social media and all the rest of that stuff has has been launched. So it's uh, um, yeah, there's a few things going on in a lot of fronts for sure. But it's uh, you know, we're, we've got a we've got a good plan in place. Right, we've got a good long term plan in place. We've done the due diligence, and now we just want to execute on this plan.
0: You know, I was down in Red Deer this past weekend. Uh, went to uh, afternoon uh, Canadian Finals rodeo, and uh, went for dinner and drinks with uh, some friends, and. Um, the, the people I was with, uh, we were, we were talking about this and I'm sure show, I've showed them the plans of, you know, where the stadium is going to be and how it's going to be a bigger complex than just baseball. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, Sylvan Lake red deer area, you know, you got more than 200 and about 250,000 people in a 45 yeah. minute, half hour radius and, and the population doubles in the summertime. I mean, this just seems to be a no brainer almost like it's, it's all, it almost seems to be like. You know why did it take this long for us to have a t- I know Red Deer had a team for a while, but the Sylvan Lake part of it and the to the to c- community's really excited. I think
2: absolutely, you know. And I'm I'm a I'm a sales, marketing, and customer service background. So when I did the business plan, I did some of that market analysis. I was a little bit blown away. I was a little shocked actually at that number when it you know kind of spits out at the bottom of it, right? So, um, but yeah, that trading area and you know, Lacombe being so close and Innisfil and Rocky and you know, obviously you know, red is right here. Um completely made sense. You know, and when, when doing my due diligence before we decided to, to go ahead with this, I was like, Yeah, you know, I'll show those numbers and you know, and it's like, okay, well but, you know, let's go type thing, right? So um yeah, we you know, we've got a kind of an overall vision of of being that hub for baseball in central Alberta, right? I think we you know once we release these park plans, you guys um, you know, see what we've got planned to, to build this thing here is you know it's, it's just a start type thing we we really want to be the you know like I say the hub of most baseball in central Alberta and you know let's see what we can do with this
1: well I feel a little bit privileged to have seen some of these plans already and and I gotta ask you how exciting is it to um you be, like get to design a ballpark and get to go through that whole process and and you know, choose how big the cup holders are, what kind of seats there are, and then you know how's the concourse layout. Like this is this is a video game SimCity ballpark edition coming around. Like you, you got to be a little kid in the candy store here a little bit of keel.
2: Oh man, it's unbelievable, right? So yeah, like I keep telling people, it kind of feels like next level fantasy baseball, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, that's uh, that's been pretty cool to see this. Um, you know, to see those drawings, you know, and and to see uh, some of these plans and, um, you know, Graham was right from the beginning has been, you know, picking the cup holders and the seat sizes and, you know, and things like that. Right. So, and this is coming out of, you know, his vision type things, but to see it on paper, I mean, it really, um, yeah, it's exciting. I feel like a kid. Right. So it's uh, yeah. It's, it, he wants to do it right too. Right. He wants to, you know, I'm more of a, you know, you could save a dollar here, save a dollar there. <laughs> but no, it's got a, got to be this right so you know we got a pretty good uh combination uh of that but uh yeah like i say once we release these things you guys um, it, it's pretty impressive and you know we want to make sure that uh, we can execute on that and that'll be the you know our, our, our main uh, anchor anchor hub here type thing right so so uh, from what I've heard
0: about a, a 20, are you guys looking at about 2,200, uh, 2,500 seats, sort of that? And, and I, I've yep. heard the term state of the art uh, thrown out there. That really excites me. Can you kind of, <laughs> can you give us any kind of a glimpse at, at something that you guys are thinking that's going to blow people away? You don't have to give away everything, but can you give us a little bit of a taste? Yeah, give us something. got to so give us a taste. taste.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> yes. uh, you're right. 2,200 seats uh, by the time we're done. Uh, we got uh, the plans are going to be for an astroturf or a synthetic turf, you know, infield with that next uh, next level drainage system. Um, we got uh, a plan for luxury boxes that are going in there. Nice. I believe it's four. Um, and actually, the, the one cool thing, and I don't, I don't know if this is still on the plan. I know when we initially started when I got involved. Um, did, did you get the home runs in the World Series. Did you watch the uh, the lights at the National Stadium. You know, the light stroll. Yeah. That's one of the features that, oh, that was on the list
1: wow. Yes, so I hope
2: you can follow through with that. Right? Well, I,
1: I hope that uh, my guys give up a bunch of home runs in your park. There.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just there, though, yeah, that's the only there. place you want home runs. The only place Jordan <laughs> will be happy to see home yeah, runs against. It's going
1: to be about two hundred fifty feet fences for that yeah, reason, yeah. right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, look, that wow factor is definitely something that we're going to do, right? So that, uh, uh, but yeah, it's uh Oh yeah I hope that's just a little bit of a taste but uh, once awesome yeah it's gonna be pretty
1: special yeah I appreciate that taste uh, that yeah. sounds tremendous um, you know I've been to some big league parks uh Yankee Stadium when a home run gets hit is something special uh mm-hmm. really cool to to be in, in Yankee Stadium when that happens and um, I'm looking forward to it man so I' I'm ho- hope that you're able to you know realize all those cool ideas uh what's important Uh, for the Sylvan Lake franchise moving forward here within that, that trading area in the community, like, have you prioritized a couple of things that, that you feel Akil are, are important to establish here now, even though, you know, you're, you're a year and a half away from, you know, seeing first pitch, you know, what, what are the important things right now for, for you and the Sylvan Lake franchise to establish in that trading area?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, man. I, you know what? I've been listening to your guys' broadcast, your podcast here, and you use the word relationship. You know, you, you got to get into the community and, and get those relationships built. And, and, uh, you know, that's exactly what our strategy is too, right? Like, you know, we need to be part of this community. We need to be part of the area. So this, you know, so this, this initial kind of runway that, you know, that we're on right now until that first pitch in 2021, a lot of that Relationship building has to start yesterday type thing, right? And you know that's what I've been doing. is getting out in the community here, and you know, shaking a few hands and, and introducing what we're doing. And and uh, yeah, we need that. are gonna for this to work, we're gonna need the community support as well, right? And, and uh, you know, we want to show that we're good citizens here, and that's what uh, and that's what we're doing. So that that's priority one for me, right? Is is to be a part of this. And the cool thing about it is, you know, coming home just to reconnect with you know old friends and baseball community that they used to be involved with in Alberta has been a good good logical place to start right and its uh, feedback's been great.
0: So you're joining the Western Canadian Baseball League um, and uh, maybe tell us about you know what excites you about this baseball the the brand of baseball that it is summer collegiate baseball where you have kids uh, from you know Canada, the U.S., Japan, Mexico uh, at least in the Edmonton team and And I'm sure some other countries on some other teams where you're bringing these kids into the community, you mentioned it. um, You want to be part of the community. Uh, You know, Jordan's team in Edmonton was great with some of the kids. You know, you, you guys must be looking forward to bringing this brand of baseball in and also giving back to the community in that way with the players helping maybe future WCBL players in the Red Deer, Sylvan Lake area. Oh,
2: absolutely. And that's part of that hub that you know, being that baseball hub that I that I was talking about earlier is uh you know we both Graham and I both have that you know, we coached for all these years after we got done playing in college and, and actually I forgot to mention earlier we actually played him and I played together with the Orient Pronghorns in ninety two, ninety three in the original smbl right? And that's oh. what you know, that's what this league is you know, where it was kinda of born from, right? So uh, we got uh, you know some first hand playing experience in this league, but to see what it's going into and the caliber of players, um, you know <laughs> back then it was Eston Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan and Kindersley and Swift Current and the Orient Bronglands, right? But to see where it is right now it's just it's it's mind blowing. Like the so excited to bring, you know, that kind of talent level, you know, into this community and that's only gonna help grow the game. And, you know, our, our overall vision is it all of us we've all're all in this with baseball right to help grow the game in this area and to bring in some of that talent to show you know people how it can be done and that's only going to help all the way down right so you know and part of our plan is to be connected with you know minor baseball and all these communities and, you know and and to be part of that community uh, that's going to be exciting right is to really bring that up um, all through central Alberta
1: So, uh, we get into the better weather here, uh, once we get through winter in about six months, (laughs) um, you know, when it gets to May and June and and we, we fire up the 2020 season in the WCBL, um, what do you, what, what do you do at that point, uh, once you get into the summer is, is... uh, is there some priority set up for you as far as how you see the summer playing out being, you know, less than a year out of what you need to maybe gather information wise about the league and, and, you know, build a database of ideas for your entry into the league in 2021.
2: Yeah. You know what uh, the summer, I mean, Jordan, you're going to see my face up there quite a bit. We're going to be, um, you know, seeing how, how you guys do things and, and, you know, it's the one thing I really took from the AGM. I think everybody, you know, needs everybody else to be successful, right? And, you know, the, the sum of the parts is greater than the whole, whatever that saying is. But, uh, um, yeah, this summer is going to be a lot of, you know, seeing how things are done and, and, uh, keep executing on those plans that we have. And, um, you know, we've got some pretty aggressive, we've got some pretty aggressive plans, let you put it that way, right? So it's, you know, there's lots of work to do. I was, you know, originally we wanted to try to push for 2020 um and i'm i'm glad that graham kind of talked me out of it because you know we, we've got a little more of a runway and we want to do this right so it's going to start you know uh, actually it's already started right and you know once we get into the spring and into baseball season we can you know get out and, and get to as many games as we can and, and you know work with the minor baseball community around here and stuff like that that's uh that's going to be the priorities for the summer while we're doing all the background business stuff as well. Right.
0: So. You know, um, I think that this league is, um, you know, has really good potential to take off. And I know there's a, there's gotta be a balance between some of the smaller market teams and, you know, the, the Edmontons and, and even Okotoks. Um, but I think there is uh, really room to grow and, and you guys coming in, uh, can, can help push that. I mean, you know, here in Edmonton, as you know, they, they do it so well with the the live stream and uh, things mm-hmm. like that. Like uh, th- there are ways to take this league to the next level. And, and I'm sure you guys probably have your own ideas, but, uh, you know, you're going to have a state-of-the-art facility. I'm sure you're going to have, you know, the, the the bells and whistles that uh, go with that and, you know, get, get your games. Because, you know, I'll tell you one thing, with that live stream that the prospects did, it was so good for the parents of the players. Like I had okay. so many people reaching out saying, "It's so nice to be able to watch my son play," and they would have watch parties in California and things like that. And and it's those things that I think in this day and age of sport, Akeel, that you have to have to be able to compete with everybody else.
2: Yeah, that's uh, you know that uh, I guess to answer the question, like you know, uh, I, the technology side is is something that we are we are heavy on. Like I, I come from the technology background a little bit myself and and uh you know the live stream and and uh, we got a few different ideas uh, on that side but that is something i think that we can you know bring to the league and you know not that the league's not doing it already but uh know, that we can you know help grow and as well right but that's going to be part of our brand is we want to be you know cutting edge state-of-the-art type thing and and help push the envelope here
0: well, when you're doing that, uh make sure you uh keep the name Cam Moon in the uh in the front of your mind. We had him on our uh, he's a he's the voice of the rebels, obviously. I'm sure you uh know I listen
2: that. I listened to the uh, podcast to and you know, he said that he wants to see Shovels in the third first. I can't wait to show him the uh yeah. the fight and show him at the third moving, but I listened to that podcast and he was on.
0: Sure. Yeah, he's he's a baseball nut and uh um, as you heard, uh, he's a very good play-by-play guy. So uh, yeah. he, he'll be banging on your door at some point, looking for that gig. And and you know that's the <laughs> I think that's just the cool excitement is, you know there there is a rich history of baseball in that area, and this is going to just kind of shine a light. Like I'm sure you guys will pay tribute to the, some of the pioneers from the past, but there is a great history to celebrate, and now a great future to look forward to. Oh,
2: and it's a small community too. We're talking to Cam at. Uh... I have a friend of mine, Tom Redisniak, who played with us in the Orient Pronghorns in 92, 93, who's on the board of Red Deer Minor Baseball that knows Cam, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm doing this old school, right? I am like, hey, can you excuse me to Cam? And, you know, we're still, right. we're still ch- But there's, there's such a history of baseball in Central Alberta. I mean, we grew up in, right? Like, getting to play at Great Chief Park was like going to Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. for us. It was a big deal. You know, and seeing these guys play and seeing the Riggers play and stuff like that. And, you know, we just, we want like that's part of you know what we're doing here is you know that culture right that baseball culture and we just want to you know keep growing that moving it into you know into the future here type thing right so um, but yeah we're we're going to capitalize on that we want to we want to just make it even more
1: yeah we're excited to to see see how this all all, all develops and and evolves into you know 2021 uh, no mm-hmm. doubt about that uh, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit on you, keel and, and get into mm-hmm. major league baseball and ask you, you know, I need to know how you felt about the world series, the seven game series, and, you know, maybe touch on, um, you know, an organization or two that, that you've always admired or is your favorite franchise, uh, from when you were, uh, in, y- young and in your playing days.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh blue Jays and Expos fans growing up. Right. So, um, you know, the- when we moved to, to Canada, we basically got put in front of a TV and it was Oiler games and, yeah. <laughs> and Blue Jaxo games in the summer, type thing. Um, but the series, yeah, it was, a uh, well, the series was always great. But, you know, I, I was really looking forward to seeing some of those pitching matchups. And, you know, there was a little, maybe a little more offense than I expected. But, uh, you know, just those Scherzer against Cole, you know, that was, it was just kind of fun every game just to, uh, uh, just to see what could happen. But, uh, you know, the old Expos pulled it out in the end, right? So, um, but, uh, it, there wasn't maybe like some of the close games that everyone was looking for, but every game was so fun to watch, so exciting, right? And, and uh, and especially watching it, like, I'm sure Jordan, you watch it the same way. And it's like, why did he throw a slider there? You know, he just missed by three inches and this slider backed up and it gets hit out of the park type thing. But to see that, uh, you know, MLB does such a good job of production of that, right? So, um, yeah, that was a fun series
1: for sure. Well, I'm glad you, you brought up the, the fun factor and, and I'm going to get into this a little bit, um, you know, with, with the state of the game and major league baseball, and maybe that attendance has been down, um, we're looking at, you know, a, a changing of the guard with the youth generation and trying to captivate and capture their attention to join, join fandom of the MLB, uh. Do you see? Do you see Major League Baseball continuing to grow, or have we have we reached a, a you know kind of a, a, a the, the end of the line here and, and and the cap on on where their growth is in North America?
2: You know, I I see it continuing to grow, and it's uh, the and you know, and baseball has always had to deal with you know uh, the younger generation, right? Like you know, remember when Bregman held the bat and then you know Soto did the same thing as the other one held the bat all the way to first base and you know, baseball pierced and me I'm just thinking, Oh my god, someone's gotta get in the ribs for doing that, right? But you know, I I phone my son and we talk about that. And he's like, Dad, you see him hold the bat? That was so cool, right? Like you know, I loved it. Back, you know, so yeah, so that and and it's great in this day and age of media where we could, you know, chat and debate about this stuff. It's not just happening in, you know, in bar rooms or whatever, right? Where, you know, it was some guys love it, some guys hate it. But I think major league baseball um where i kind of see it going the upside is they got to make sure they get that that youth um demographic figured out right like the old guys like us you know we're we're, we're the purists it's like we're not going anywhere i'm going to watch a game anywhere type thing right but um i think there's something that got to be major league baseball does a good job of this and you know with their with their technology platforms and stuff they finally you know i think figuring that out with that demographic that's where they live right and that's you know, and Bregman and, and those guys, they're, they're good for the game. They're good for that younger generation. They, You know, they bring that flair, that energy. And um, I think baseball's got to capitalize that even more than they are right
0: now. Well, the the thing I love about baseball playoffs is that, you know, literally the unexpected often does happen. I mean, I did not expect uh, the, the – trio of the Astros murderers row pitchers to get lit up the way they did at times. Nobody did by a wildcard team. Are you kidding me? Like that's not supposed to happen, but you know what? Mariano Rivera has given up big home runs in the playoffs. Um, There was a guy named Kirk Gibson that took one of the greatest closers out in game one of 88. I mean, things happen in baseball that sometimes don't happen in,
2: in other sports. No, and that's the beauty, especially the, the playoffs where it's, magnified right where you know everybody's watching and there's there's uh you know highlights and slow motion highlights and all the rest of that but you know that's the that's the beauty of it you know like this year you look at what Soto did like (laughs) didn't that remind you of Andrew Jones back in 91 like you know that was the same thing that was completely unexpected you get those guys that you know they come out of they come out of nowhere you don't expect it and then you know all of a sudden I mean that's that's the stuff that you know, like my son's going to be talking about when he's 45 years old. You know, <laughs> like, like, yeah, I remember watching Soto hit, you know, low and away sliders, awful of bombs, like off the railroad. Like, come on, like that's crazy, right? So, but, you know, that uh, playoffs are awesome, man. It's so.
1: Yeah. One Soto kind of brought back that old school gap to gap approach where it's, it's all right to hit the ball the other way with some authority. And that ball he hit okay. off Garrett Cole that landed on the train tracks. Oppo bomb yeah. was about yeah. as big of an opposite field home run as I've ever seen. And for me, I, I like
2: that. Oppo double in that thing too, yeah, yeah. Off the wall. Right. Like low and away. Wow.
1: <laughs> Just pure Damn. hitter. Like understands, yeah. you know, understands what he's going to get. And, and, and stays with the pitch and, and does it properly mm-hmm. as as the old school guys would do um you know my comp for Soto is I've got a young left-handed hitting Albert Pujols breaking on the scene with the Cardinals back in you know the early 2000s and just ended, ending up dominating for you know a decade plus and um you touched yeah, on
2: my, to him with Andrew Jones I remember watching that the Braves team yeah. back when Andrew Jones was like 19, 20 years old and had that playoff run, I think it was the only year they won right? it, right? Yeah, That's what it felt like. This guy can't miss it, right? So
1: so we talked about, uh, you touched on uh, being a fan of the Expos and the Blue Jays. Um, mm-hmm. You know, perhaps at some point the uh, group in Montreal can give you and Graham a shout about how to get a ballpark built and working <laughs> with the community. We're, we're very hopeful. I hope that call gets made because I'd like to see the Expos back. They're my favorite club. Oh um, um, man, you
2: keep teasing us, right? Like every time the series snippets, <laughs> on last week. Come well, on, let's it, get dope there, you know? So yeah,
1: exactly. Well, and it, it's 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 funny because this year the Nationals brought out the Expos jerseys for the first time, and I look look what's fan. happened. You know, they yeah. ended up going on the run and, and getting that ring. Um, so let, let let's touch on the Blue Jays because they're on TV, and and whether you're a fan or not in in Canada, you're going to have access to Blue Jays games and. Um, what do you think about the, the, the youth in the infield there, uh, Akil, and where do we see the Blue Jays here in two or three years? Are they, are they built properly to continue to move up the standings or are we looking at a long or a short term, uh, playoff push?
2: Yeah, no, great question. So no, like these young guys, it, it's fun to watch and, um, a little concerned about the pitching depth, um, you know, through their systems. So. I think I want to start a Get Garrett Cole hashtag. Happy again here. <laughs> yeah, like I think they got to back up the truck. On you on might have to go four
1: hundred million to get them up to Canada.
2: Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but, um, no, I think uh, they. I, I really think they got to go after some, a couple big arms in free agency and see if they can pull this off in the next three to five years. Right. So, um, like, I, I don't think it's a long term uh, thing anymore. I think it's a five year plan with, especially with you know the Bichettes, the Biegos, and you know, Vladdy there, right? So, if you can, if that's your core in the offense, and you can go get some pitching around that. Like, you know, you you see Tampa Bay do it every year, right? You see um, these teams. It's so frustrating as a Blue Jay fan to see, like, you know, a team like Tampa is a classic example. But how are they in it all the time, right? It's pitching. I guess their pitching and defense that they develop in their system is incredible. And, you know, I think the Jays got like that Nate Pearson and a few other guys, but you know, I'd like to see like the front end arm come in in the next couple of years and. I'll see if I can do this in five years, right?
1: Yeah, the the front end arm coming in is uh a, a cure, all solves a lot of problems. Um, yeah. you think you think Vladdy's able to stay at third base here or are we gonna see him shift over to to the one bag?
2: Um, I think he could stay there. I think you know, it's uh, uh, he's young, right? There's the conditioning question keeps coming into play. I think you know, if he can stick to that, I think he can stay there. I and mean, you know, if you can you got him and Bijou on the left side or him and uh uh, Bichette on the left side of the the infield, and just keep that as your core. there three, four hitters for the next five years, and and then go from there. Right. So, but no, I think he can stay. That it's going to take some work. So, all
0: right, uh, let's uh, kind of circle back to an expansion team in Sylvan Lake. the The most mm-hmm. important question I have is: Will you allow your team to use the shift? I hate the shift. Um, if you say no, I will have you on my show every day if you want to. Uh, what what do, you, what do you what do you think? As a as a baseball purist, what do you think of the shift? To me, you know what the shift is? It's the trap. It's hockey's it's it's baseball's version of the trap.
2: I hate it. I hate it too, man. Good. I really Woo-hoo. do. It drives me crazy, but uh um, I don't think I'm gonna have that level of influence yeah. that I want on <laughs> <laughs> the team, but uh you know that the shift is it it drives me nuts it's uh and the thing is like I don't know how you, uh, how you legislate it, you know, i don't know against it or anything like that, but you know that's another one of those great kind of two beer arguments right is the shift is like it's you take an offense out of the game like a guy just smokes a blow you know <laughs> left side the second baseman's playing in short right field to throw them out. I mean, hitting's hard enough, right? And, and you know, offense sells, right? So, it's. Uh, I don't like it. I just don't see how they change it. I don't, like, I don't want to see a bunch of rules about, you know, and lines drawn on the field that, you know, you can't cross this line and that line type thing. So, I don't know what the answer there is, but uh, I will argue against it all day long.
0: Oh, that That's good. <laughs> um, I, I'd imagine you guys are a long way from this, but have you – have you started thinking? You don't have to tell us what they are, but have you started thinking of names for the team? Are you going to do a, have you guys talked about, you know, how you are going to go about that? Are you going to get the community involved? You know, what's the process on, on the name, or is that something that's like, you know, way down on the pecking order right now?
2: No, it's, it's on the pecking order. I got to uh, looking at my communication plan right now. And we're, uh, we're we want to have a, um, some kind of name the team contest. We just, uh, Graham and I just don't want to give up all the control quite yet, you know? Right. So we want to figure out a way to make sure it's, uh, it's, uh, a, a name that, uh, you know, kind of fits with, you know, what we're thinking. So we're, we're just trying to figure out how that goes. But yeah, we're going to, we're going to do something to engage the community, um, to, uh, to do that. I was thinking, you know, like maybe Graham gets 100,000 votes or whatever, right? So, right. Uh, something like that. But, uh, no, that, uh, um, we have, we have a list started and you know, it's kind of one of the fun parts of all of this too, right? And he'll, he'll text me at night. He goes, Oh, what about this name? So I'll put it on the list. And, <laughs> and we're going to work through that, but that's, uh, it's funny. Like always, all your friends come out of the blue and everyone's got a name for you or, or a player that I need to talk to or a coach or something like that. Right. So, um, but yeah, we're going to have some fun with it and, and come up with something that's, uh, you know, stand the test of time. Right. So it's, we're both kind of purists, so there's where we're, we're we're struggling a little bit. Like you know, we'd love that kind of a classic name, but you know, we understand you know that's not everybody thinks like that, I suppose. And there's some pretty cool, you know, minor league and and college summer league names out there for sure that you can that you can brand and and uh, and get out there. So we're we're working through that process, but uh, you know, stay tuned; it's it'll be coming up here. All right, we
0: look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime. Uh, if people uh, want some information, they can follow at Sylvan Lake W C B L. Uh, that's your uh, Twitter account. Um, is there uh, an email they can uh, send questions or uh, comments to, or uh, find out more information?
2: Yeah, um, you know they can through all the. I've got the three platforms set up right now: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But uh, I'm monitoring that stuff. If anyone's got a question, just you know through there would be uh, more than good and. Um, happy to to chat about it, and, perfect. Uh, yeah, we're getting you know feedback from from all kinds of people here when we're as we go through this process and uh, um, like again we we want to be part of the community and the community needs you know some some input here too, right? So we wanna make sure that we take care of that. Great stuff, uh, Keel,
0: thank you <laughs> so much for joining us on the program today. Congratulations on uh, step one. Uh, we look forward to uh, following the progress on social media and uh, can't wait for first pitch in 2021. Thanks a lot, man. Well guys, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for coming on and kill. Really appreciate it, man.
0: Let's get back to the action. This is the prospects baseball show. All right. That was an awesome conversation. I'm really uh, looking forward to, uh, uh talking a lot with uh, Akil and um looking forward to uh, the team in general yeah uh really coming together uh and um joining the league I love the state of the art uh, uh discussions about the stadium and we're going to do our top 5 expansion teams in uh, major league baseball Akil sent his in uh, he did include a couple of non baseball teams uh, so uh, E Oops. Akil. Yeah, that's a, EGM. EGM. Um, <laughs> error for the GM. He says that the Charlotte Hornets, late 80s teal uniforms, the Jets moving back to Winnipeg and, uh, Expo 69, j 76 and number one, Sylvan Lake WCBL. Yeah. So we'll, we'll give him a pass because yeah. he came up with that one, but, uh, we are looking for baseball only teams. Uh, so, uh, if you have a top five list, you can hit us up on Twitter at Pod. All right top 5 favorite MLB expansion teams. You start us off go 5 through 1. Well, you, you know how
1: I like to throw curveballs in here. My my number 5 team doesn't even exist, but I'm calling it now. The Las Vegas area is getting a team at some point. It's worked in hockey.
0: It's going to work in football. They're going to get a ball club. Yeah, they have a Triple A team. Is it Triple A? The 51s? Yeah, I think it's Triple yeah, A. I have a hat from the 51s. A friend of mine went to a game, but uh It's a, it's a no brainer. Like hockey got there first football's getting there. Um, everybody's going to be in Vegas at some point. It basically just makes sense. Right. So that's my
1: five, uh, prognosticating into the future. Number four, I got the San Diego Padres 1969 came in the league. Um, what a great market that is. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful down there and and, you know, they're built in rivalries and you you know, you have,
0: it's just a, a perfect area for a team. So it made sense. Well, and- unless you're the chargers who <laughs> never drew anything. It's, it's so weird, but it's such a great area for visiting fans yes. to go see, right? It's a, one of my wife who has been there for a conference. It's said it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. It is, it is, man. I love it down
1: there. I've been there with the college baseball team at VI a few, a few times mm-hmm. flying into San Diego airport and staying in Encinitas, California, man, and moonlight beach Oh, I love it down All there. All right. What do you got for no, three? Number three, I've got, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, 1977, 76, I guess they were like their first season was 77. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep.
0: they, 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 I think they were voted in. The yeah. Year. Cause Akil's
1: yeah. got 76 down here, but I've got 77. So, um, anyway, the Blue Jays coming into major league baseball is a huge deal. Um, you know, Ontario, uh, is a hotbed for baseball in Canada and, the You know, they have a big population and and kids love the sport, but to have the Blue Jays there is is something for the kids to watch and aspire to, uh, really huge for our country. So the Blue Jays, I got them at the number three and that's a, just to kind of give it a little space with my number one. Um, I got the Florida Marlins, um, 1993 big leagues, uh, the first team in, into Florida. You know, it, uh, it seemed like a great idea (laughs) to have a team there. They just haven't been able to figure. figure well, they won. They've got two World Series. They win and
0: dismantle.
1: That's you what know, that would, the, that
0: that's their kind of the, modus the, operandi.
1: The, the, the 03 Josh Beckett is, is one of my favorite ball clubs of all time. Um, I love what he did and, and that pitching staff with Burnett and everything and. And I'll tell you what, like the Miami Marlins now with the ballpark they have, it's, it's such a beautiful facility. Well, and
0: they've got a guy there who is uh legendary in major and league baseball trying to work it around. Right. So they're, they look like maybe they're on the step back to becoming respectable because even though they won two world series, people didn't respect no. them because they just tore it down after.
1: And it's just the, like the, the, the area, you know, it, it's just a perfect area the population, the, the love of baseball, you know, you've got different cultures of baseball fans there as well. It just, it seems like it was a just a great idea to expand yeah. there. So we'll see what happens. All right. And then my number one, you no know brainer. where I'm, you know where I'm going here. Montreal Expos, 1969. Hey man, we're going to see it happen in our lifetime. They're going to be back. There was some news coming out mm-hmm. here recently again.
0: Do um, you know what they're doing? Well, I heard, I heard they called Sylvan Lake to talk about how to build a ballpark. <laughs> what they're doing is they're taking a page out of the Winnipeg Jets. And they're, you know what, they're not Jim ball sillying their way into a league. They're, they're just sitting back. Um, okay. You need this paperwork. Okay. You need this. They're doing everything quietly and properly. Yes. And that, because listen, sports at the pro level is an old boys club Oh yeah. and they do not want somebody coming in and trying to change all the rules and this and that and everything. You got to do, and that's why, that's why Jim Balsillie doesn't have an NHL team because yeah. he tried to do it all himself. Whereas, uh, Chipman and Thompson in Winnipeg said, you know what, we're just going to do everything quietly and properly. And that's what the Expos are doing. And that's why they're on the right track to this. Yeah. Well, and, and no,
1: at, at the at major league baseball level, they don't want the boat to be rocked. <sighs> they don't, they don't no need league it. does. They don't no need does. it. Right. So, um, man, uh, they,
0: we're going to see it. All right. Faith. Uh, for me, I'm going number five, the Colorado Rockies, um, just, uh, a cool area. Yeah. You have the, the ball traveling farther <laughs> than any. And, you know, and, you know, Larry Walker and Dante Bichette were fun to watch. Uh, so I like the Rockies. I love Denver. I love the, I love Colorado as a state. Uh, I love the mountains there. It's a cool vibe. So, um, I'm going with the uh, Rockies of 93, uh, the four, I'm going to the Jays of uh, 77. Um, you know, playing in the winter (laughs) that first year, like the snow falling and stuff like that, it was pretty cool. And then obviously the, the two world series, I was never a a massive blue Jay fan. Um, I liked them and I certainly cheered for them as a Canadian when they were winning, as I was, you know, in high school. Um, and I, I was excited to see the country. Like it's, I I like when the Jays do well because it's great for the country. I, I don't necessarily cheer for them. They're not my team. Um, the Padres in 69 for a lot of the reasons that we talked about and, uh, you know, they spawned one of the greatest baseball players of all time and Tony Gwynn. So, um, I'd love to get down and go to a Padres game, uh, expo 69 as well. Number two for me, um, you know, for a lot of the reasons, uh, they were, they were, they, they just seemed to be a more exciting team than the Blue Jays for some reason. I don't know. I, I always just seemed that, 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 you know, growing up, they seemed, like i loved gary carter and i loved dawson i loved reigns and el presidente know, right? el perfecto yeah. like such great moments that franchise gave us dave so, van horn jim yeah, singleton yeah, on yeah. The, the and i think dave van horn is still doing games miami in miami yeah. yeah so there you go ties in and number number one for me is the the mets in 62 they were awful <laughs> They were like i think they were the worst expansion team uh but they win in 86 and for me, I love, it. it was just a, what a, what a brilliant concept for major league baseball be like, okay, we just lost, we just lost the giants and the Dodgers let's put a team with their colors and bring fo- b- baseball fans in that area back that aren't Yankee fans. Right. Um, so you take the Mets and you throw the Dodger blue and the giant orange and boom. What a neat concept to try and give new, like, cause it was insane. Like, can you imagine New York only having one baseball team? How much crazier would Yankee stadium be? Right. Oh, like, so, so I, I love that concept of the Mets in 62 to take the two teams that left and push them together. So uh, just as a concept, uh, I thought it was pretty smart by, uh, by major league baseball. So like, there probably almost should be another team there. Yeah, I'm sure they could have. Like, you have three hockey teams in that area. Oh yeah. Yeah, you could. <laughs> You know, like you, you probably could find another reason to put a team uh, in that area if you uh, if you really wanted to. So anyway, that's my top five. You gave yours uh, for the listener. Uh, shoot us a text or a uh, tweet rather at Prospects Pod or at Jordan Blundell four or at Duck Millard. You can also get uh, the team at EDM Prospects. That's going to wrap things up, uh, next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to try to circle back, uh, with crush. Um, we're going to check in with, uh, counselor, uh, Michael Walters to get him back on and, uh, race toward December where we'll recap, uh, the major league and, uh, WCBO season. Thanks a lot, man. This has been a, a lot of fun. Enjoy your week. I know you got a lot of work coming up to get, uh, done and, Some and catch up with oh, everybody. Yeah. And, Hopefully uh, maybe next week we'll be talking about some names or the next uh, couple of weeks. Anyway, thanks for coming out, man. And uh, thanks to Akil Samuel, yeah. uh, the president of baseball operations and the GM uh, for the uh, soon to be 2021 Sylvan Lake team in the WCBL. I'm really excited about that. Uh, you know, you got the rivalry with Okotoks. Now you have a, a Sylvan Lake rivalry built in. So he was a great guest and uh, I look forward to uh, next week. Have yourself an awesome week, man. Thanks, Dean. You too. Ban the shift. (laughs) It's gone. It's a grand slam.
2: And that's the ball game.